Recording live from the Hoban Law Group here in Denver, Colorado, I'm your host, Eric Singular. We're sitting alongside president and founder of the Hoban Law Group, Bob Hoban. Today we are talking about legitimizing the cannabis industry, and we are joined by the chief operating officer of Gateway Proven Strategies, C.C. Zach. C.C., thank you for being here with us. Eric, thank you. It's a wonderful pleasure. Tell us, how have you been holding up during this pandemic? You know, I'm the type of person that always looks at the glass always full, not just half full or half empty. And I've been holding up pretty darn well. I look at this as that the universe is pressing the pause button and making everyone go back to the basics of life and understand what's truly important to them, um, which is why I'm so excited to be here today to tell you what I think is truly important about the cannabis industry. Well, and that, that pause is what's given us the opportunity to really dive in and record so many of these podcasts. So we are, we're very grateful to have you here with us as well. And Cece, you know, what's always interesting about this industry is seeing where people came from, how they got involved. And I'm interested if you would tell us a little bit about what your background is. All right. So do you guys have a couple hours for my background? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have a pretty eclectic background as it relates to coming into this industry. And um, many years ago, I started on Wall Street and I was actually a trader for Payne Weber. And uh, just to give you a, a quick snippet of why that's important is that it's made me understand how important the banking industry is. And I worked on the New York Stock Exchange um, October 11, 1987. So I'm dating you all as to my background, but it just shows, uh, you know, where, where I've come from. Um, I then moved on to the pharmaceutical industry and spent uh, close to 20 years um, with two major Fortune 100 companies, Roche Pharmaceuticals and Sanofi, um, and spent a lot of time on the commercial side, learning how to carry the bag, so to speak, and talk to clinicians and help them understand the value proposition of medicine to running global business units. Um, in some products you may be familiar with, such as uh, Allegra or Nasacort, and I ran those businesses for Santa Fe. Um, and from those two experiences, not only did I learn how important the following the, the regs and the laws, um, but I was also able to understand global health and wellness businesses and understand what different regions of the world are looking for at different times. And to, to add on to the Fortune 100, I, I also spent about five years at a conglomerate called Omnicom, um, where I ran their healthcare businesses, uh, 42 operating units around the globe. And, and that expertise really led me to understand the goals of what global health and wellness uh, mean to different regions of the world. And I spent my last year there um, actually as part of a boutique consulting firm uh, where I learned the importance of, of helping others really think through strategy, operations, and execution in ways that they haven't before. And to me, all of this is, has provided a, a wonderful chance for me to round out my strategy, um, my operational skills, how to educate others, how to influence others, uh, but most importantly, really understand the headwinds and tailwinds of, of what could derail your business if you weren't ready for the challenges that you have, like COVID-19. So coming into this industry is it's it's you know it's it's drinking from a fire hose. B it's you know it's eye opening. Uh, it's uh, it's not mature in so many different ways. That's one of the things I'd like your perspective on. Uh, is 
the professionalism thus far in terms of your interactions uh, and your journey to sort of get up to speed about what, what, what this industry even is? Yeah, it, it's funny that you say that, Bob. Um, I think the, the first thing that I recognize is that this plant is here on this earth to do good, and it's been hogtied for so many different years. And savvy business people need to come in here and to help that plant do it. It's the good that it's set here to do. But specific to the industry itself, um, it is, you know, I don't even think nascent is the word. I think it is changing on a daily basis and the uncertainties are huge. And yet people are making a lot of big financial bets on what they think to be what the future is without really understanding what it currently is and what it could be. Um, you know, so that's one observation. I think the second observation is that the perception um, is very interesting and rather eclectic itself, but it's n pretty negative. Um, so there's an opportunity for us to really step up and be uh, industry leaders to help change the perception in, in all the different stakeholders' minds as to what this plant can do and how it should do what it's supposed to do. And I think last is that everyone recognizes that there's a growth opportunity, but what people don't recognize is that this industry is not one shoe fits all sizes. And I think every industry that I've seen take over and, and have the big boom over the last 10 years is that they can truly replicate everything one shoe does fit all sizes. And I'm speaking to the technology industry, um, but it doesn't in this case. And what's really, really challenging for me is to understand the market based on the laws and how quickly they change um, state by state here in the U.S., country by country, whatever region you're in, and then region by region. Well, and, and you know, I want to talk more about what Gateway Proven Strategies is and what it does. But I, it, what you said brings to mind something that, that uh, Bob and I have talked about, which is that it's a hockey metaphor, if you will, that you don't follow the puck. It's all about trying to anticipate where the puck is going. And, you know, with, with the work that you've done and coming into this industry, it seems like people need help going to where, or, or excuse me, going, yeah, going to where the puck is instead of following the puck, finding out what that opportunity is for their business, identifying where should I be allocating my resources. Can you talk a little bit about to that? Absolutely. I, I think based on the observations I've had in our current client base, you know, there's a there's a couple things that strike me, um, and, and one is is really having the strategic know-how about creating that plan that's going to proactively view where that puck is going. And what I be, mean by that is that um, there's not a lot of diligence as it relates to understanding the market overview and understanding who you want to be in the supply chain ecosystem. I see a lot of great ideas out there. I see a lot of uh, phenomenal entrepreneurs that uh, that have uh, uh, raised a lot of capital um, to, to put behind, whether it's farming or processing or creating a brand. Um, but the challenge is, is that the entrepreneurs don't know what the end game is. Um, how are they commercially going to be able to find their way in the ecosystem and then find a way to get themselves in the supply chain and strategically create um, the environment that they need to understand in order to commercialize what it is they have? Um, so to me, it, it's really fundamental around just the, the strategic skills around understanding your market, understanding your business model, um, understanding the network that you need to have that can 
pose those really tough questions that you may not know to ask yourself. Um, and that's where I'm seeing a, a fabulous opportunity for our company, Gateway Proven Strategies, to make an immediate impact um, with those companies and businesses. And, and it's, it seems like people think that the industry does not have those networks, that it's not at least more than partially organized and structured and sophisticated. It really is. You just got to poke around. You got to find those pockets, right? Um, and, you know, people that have experience in this industry, which is one of the things we've always prided ourselves on, is just having having connections, knowing people for many years. And in this industry, 10 years is a long, long time. Feels like dog years, they say. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but there is a roadmap for just about everything. And it's not something that people can navigate for themselves. From the outside, uh, because you have a little bit more objectivity here, do you think people that want to enter into this space understand that there are People like GPS, but but people that have that network and that professionalism about them and the sophistication necessary to operate on a big scale? It's a great question, Bob. And I think people just don't know what they don't know, and they rely on what it is that they do know. So for those that I see that want to get into the marketplace, they're going to the traditional outlets of people that have that expertise, whether they're bankers, um, you know, investment bankers that have significant amount of um, analytical prowess um, within an industry, or whether it's a consulting firm, you know, the top consulting firms, you know, have a vertical for every industry out there except cannabis. Or they'll go to um, market research domains. Um, and I will tell you that there, are in, in the time that I've been here, there's only a handful of market research experts. Um, and they've done a phenomenal job of trying to standardize and create secondary data. But th the data that we need today to make the long-term bets has got to be primary research because these research experts just don't have the, the ability today to, to do a routine syndicated study that provides apples to apples type of information. So um, you asked if people know that, that you know, are there networks out there? I, I, my guess is not, which is why I find, you know, I'm so excited to be in the industry and coming from my background in, you know, enterprise, global enterprise organizations, the pharmaceutical background, as well as the um, consulting background, you know, I, I you know, look forward to trying to create a small influence in this, this wonderful opportunity. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I was just thinking, though, about how outside businesses, service providers that, that provide services in consulting and professional services to Fortune 500 companies. So, you know, what I, what I want to talk about is why should Fortune 500 companies pay attention and why should they pay attention right now, like right now, like yesterday? Mm -hmm. But before I get there, it seems like some of those folks are still looking at big consulting, big uh, uh, law firms for particular advice. And it troubles me to see a national law firm, for example, um, who overnight says we have a cannabis law division when they've never done one particular transaction. It doesn't mean people aren't capable, uh, but 
to spring up overnight. Do you see that these big consulting firms are trying to do the same thing, thinking that cannabis is just a multidisciplinary combination of different members from different teams, we put it together and we're equipped and ready to go? Because I don't believe that to be true, both for legal services and for consulting services and accounting services and every other professionalized service in this industry. What do you think? Do you think that that's their perspective? Yeah, so let me start. There's quite a few questions in there. Let me start. That is a compound question. It is, um, but I'm ready to tackle it. Um, You know, the first is that I obviously did my due diligence um, before, you know, we started Gateway Proven Strategies, and there's no global outlet out there or consulting firm that actually wants to touch the cannabis industry and say that they have a vertical except for Canada. And so I think a, that poses a tremendous opportunity for us um, because of the extraordinary network that we have through my my um, sister companies, the Hoban Law Group, as well as International Hemp Solutions. So the, the answer is that these these traditional outlets for investors or Fortune 500 to go to don't have the expertise, um, they don't have the vertical, and they aren't going to, I don't think they're going to step into it until they see a change, at least here in the United States. So, so that's the first. Second is you mentioned about um, the, the big enterprises. I mean, you know, I've been in a big enterprise my entire career, and there was always two things that we were looking for, how to improve the top line and how to improve the bottom line. And cannabis has all of the answers for that, whether a, you know, a a big company is looking to bring a CBD portfolio into their organization. It's a huge growth opportunity. And every consumers are so excited about trying it and figuring out, you know, how they might incorporate it into their daily life. So, so that's one reason why these big companies need to be, um, Interested. I think the other piece is that hemp plays a big role in this too. I mean, so many companies are looking for finding ways to integrate new material that is much more sustainable than what they have. And so, again, there's another commercial opportunity for these companies to integrate hemp as part of their brands. And then the third and just as important reason is that most of these global enterprise companies have a very significant sustainability plan that they've put together um, to follow based on the the U.N. premise of of what's happening and uh, what's happening at the U.N. as it relates to holding these enterprises accountable for changing their sustainability practices. And what better product for them to look towards, uh, I shouldn't say product, but plant is cannabis because they can be using hemp to um, to, to help uh, in replacing bioplastic, cellophane, other types of textiles. All sorts of packaging. All sorts of packaging. Um, it's my understanding that even BMW is looking at using hemp for parts in their car doors. Um, so there's just a tremendous opportunity for, for those companies to, to look at cannabis as a strategic driver of top line and bottom line growth, as well as sustainability. And then to just quickly answer your question, um, we need to do a better job. The industry needs to do a better job of saying that, you know, that there's an opportunity for these companies to be looking in there. And that's where I see Gateway Proven Strategies, the company that I'm involved with right now, is to really take a a strong forefront and and help educate everyone about the, the commercial and the sustainable benefits that we have right in front of us. 
Well, and you, you took me right to where I wanted to go, which was sometimes the industry really does need to do better, especially when we think about attracting uh, interest from these enterprise Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies. It seems like the industry just gets in its way sometimes. I'm thinking about these recent FDA letters, the companies who have been making claims. And as you said at the very beginning when you were going through your background, you know, you come from the, the pharma world. You come from the world of rules and regulations. So what does it mean? What is the effect when these companies do things or, or people in the industry, industry actors, do things that get in the way of, of legitimizing the industry? You know, Eric, that is, I, I love that you brought that topic up. Um, and, you know, we all have to follow the rules. We may not like them, but we have to follow them. And I have to tell you, I reviewed the letters last week, and I reviewed the claims that they made that the FDA included in these letters. And we got to stop. I, one of these companies said, crush COVA, and it was on their website. And the reason I'm so passionate about we've got to stop this is because it's not only about the laws, it's about safety and it's about efficacy. In the pharma world that I come from, there were three golden rules that we looked at. One is that these products had to be safe. And I got to tell you, I'm not so sure that anyone really knows how to tell anyone to dose these products today. So here we are telling them it's going to crush COVID and we don't even know the right dose or the right administration form um, to tell them. And then, then on top of the pandemic, we're telling them it's going to help them. I, I just, uh, anyway, I, I'm obviously I'm a little passionate about that. Um, the second is that science is king. And, and I'm not saying that the industry should need to follow all of the clinical pathways um, to get a product to market with a claim in it, like we've seen with GW Pharma. But we need more scientific and legislative experts to enter into this arena to help guide us in a way that people can start to feel comfortable that the effect that they're looking for from whatever form they're using, um, they're going to get it based on a certain dose or a certain administration route. Um, and, and we need to find a way to, to make those two mirror themselves so that we don't see what happened last week with these letters, which I, I just, it, it puts another black mark on the industry. And I'm sorry, um, you know, that, that these companies felt the need to do that, to drive sales at the expense of consumers in a pandemic. It, it just is mind boggling to me. Um, but I do believe that there is a, a happy meeting. We've got to find a way to bring the science um, in, in a more logical pathway to help get to a place where we can make claims that doesn't cost the $2.6 billion in eight years to get a pharmaceutical product to market to make those claims. But the, the simple fact is, there's, to your point, there's rules, there's regulations. You've got to follow those. You can't make a, an assertion about a hemp-derived product that it does anything except its nutritional content unless you've gone through a uh, structure or function study, which to date we have not seen occur. And furthermore, we don't think that it would be treated properly as a uh, ingredient in a supplement because the rules don't exist yet, nor would it be a proper uh, dietary ingredient or uh, nutritional uh, uh, ingredient item. So the point is, it's not that these things aren't helpful, that they're not healthy, that they might not have uh, medicinal benefit when used in certain combinations and doses. You just can't put it on your bottle or your box or your website. That's a part that a lot of people don't seem to understand. 
Um, when we were talking about big business, looking at it from the outside, we can't forget about small business owners within. And small business, medium-sized business owners right now, they, 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 they're going to struggle. They're continuing to struggle. Uh, this economic uh, impact of, of COVID-19 is, is uh, severe and will probably only get more severe. And a lot of what we've talked about is this idea of collaboration. How do you view the effect of collaboration? Or I uh, read a, an article in, in uh, MJ Biz online today, Nancy Whiteman from, uh, um, from Wanna Brands said that the most essential thing to get through all this is create win-win scenarios, win-win situations, collaboration. Uh, what's your take on that? And do you have any examples that you've seen in scenarios like this, in troubled economic times where uh, great industries were either born or, or became something better? Wow. Um, These questions, by the way. I know. I, thanks. You're really putting me on the spot. Uh, no, but much I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I, the way I, I look at it is that there's a cannabis ecosystem out there. And the, the most diligent way for any of us to benefit from the industry is recognizing that the ecosystem has three verticals in it um, that I see playing in the marketplace today. And and one is the innovator, which is the cannabis company, Bob. And that's the one that you're talking about today that is struggling and may be struggling. This is the time for them to look back and say, you know, who are we? What is our vision? Where do we see ourselves in a year from now, not just a quarter from now, but a year from now, and, and understanding what is it going to take for us to get our products on shelves? Because that's essentially, at the end of the day, what the innovator is looking to do um, on a shelf or e-commerce or whatever. So I think it's really important for the innovators to make sure their business plans are as buttoned up as possible. And if they don't know the questions to ask themselves, then they need to develop a network to make sure that they're asking themselves the right and questions. And that same business plan from uh, two months ago doesn't apply today, that's does exa- it? That's exactly right. Um, so, so that's one way uh, of looking at things. Uh, the, the other player in this ecosystem are the investors. And obviously, with everything that's going on, um, the ability for these innovators to get the capital they want is going to be much harder today than it was two months ago, just like you said. So that's why it's really important to ensure that your business plan is buttoned up, that you understand the, the global impact that you could have and where you may fit in there. But it's also about following the dollar and making sure your business model is solid as a rock because that's where these investors are going to today. The good ideas and and playing in an early stage market are long over and the business models are are truly driving it. That's back to business fundamentals, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then then the the third prong of the ecosystem is really around the, 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 the Fortune 500, the big enterprise clients, because at the end of the day, I think we're all hoping that these companies, whether they're packaged goods or food and beverage or textile, clothing companies, fashion, really start to integrate this plant in a way that we've never seen it before. Um, But if we don't play by the rules, that black mark's not going to go the way. If we don't have the business fundamentals of what it is we're trying to build as an 
innovator. Um, it's going to take longer for the Fortune 500 to have the trust to, to really get in here. I know that that part doesn't solve for the challenges they're going through today, but that's the way I see the partnership happening is that's where the dollars are flowing um, in that ecosystem. Um, the innovator, uh, the investor, and the incumbent, which is the Fortune 500. Well said. And, and Cece, what is your message to, to anybody who's out there, anybody who's listening, who, who could be a potential client for GPS? You know, as, as you guys have said, this is the time to really be identifying the opportunities in all of this. And uh, just, just what is kind of your, uh, your thoughts on uh, driving people toward consulting? Why is it so important right now? Well, let's just go back to, to COVID-19. And uh, Bob, you and I had this conversation the other day, and, and you really helped hone in on the, the extraordinary positive opportunity we have in front of us. I mean, the first is, and I know another podcast you've addressed this, is that marijuana is essential now. So the, 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 the paradox or the proxy has been set today, and we need to use that to our advantage. Um, the second opportunity is... Um, the, the fact that the economy, the global economy is, is suffering and will be suffering for a long time. And so we need to look at the fact that cannabis could be that that economy buster in a positive way. It could bring the cash flow in um, in a global uh, way that, that, you know, I can't even sure that I could imagine today. I guess the point there is just that it – cannabis could bring the economic acceleration that is needed um, – to to move forward and you know in the third oh and, and, well i was going to say and, and there's precedent right there's precedent so to see this opportunity out there um this isn't just you know oh look there's going to be a stay positive keep on the sunny side everything's going to be okay uh what do they call that Ga gas gaslighting i suppose or, or so that's not what this is this is real this is real. This is a time where there's a there's a major health impact. You know, marijuana was also somebody pointed out to me a, a, a interesting um, the fact of medical marijuana as a regulated state program sort of arose in San Francisco in a lot of respects and during the AIDS crisis and the structure around it. So, health issues, health emergencies, epidemics or pandemics do create opportunity. But how do we know? How do we know that this is one of those? What what can we look to? Well, uh, if, you know, Bob, you and I had the conversation the other day, and it just struck me in the fact that if we were coming, when we were, the U.S. was coming out of the Great Depression, there was uh, a major change in prohibition with alcohol that occurred after that. And um, look at the benefits that it has brought to the U.S. economy and, and obviously the world. Um, so, you know, if that, that's the one thing that I can think of off the top of my head that we can look to in the past that created a benefit for us. Absolutely. Cece, uh, any parting thoughts, any last statements uh, you want to make? Tell, uh, tell us a little bit more about Gateway Proven Strategies, GPS. Uh, what is, why is it so important right now? Well, Eric, thank you for putting in a plug for uh, GPS or Gateway Proven Strategies. And to me, it's uh, this this consulting firm was was created to help all the players in that ecosystem I talked about um, 
ask themselves the questions they don't know to ask themselves. I've always been a fan of you know what you know, you know what you don't know, you know what you know, you know what you don't know. It's what you don't know you don't know that ultimately will get you to where you want to go. And I think all of us want to go forward and make this industry a formidable global player. Um, so we're here to help all of our clients ask themselves the questions that they don't know so that they can exceed their goals. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us on the Hoban Minute Podcast. Cece, pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hoban Minute special series on coronavirus and cannabis. You can head on over to hoban.law for more information on this podcast or the Hoban Law Group. If you have any ideas for subjects that we should be covering or any questions you want to pose to, to Bob or myself, shoot us an email at media at hoban.law. Stay tuned for the next episode on this special series, Coronavirus and Cannabis.